Shalom v'brachu yerapti v'omaz daf mem gimol tariz daf discusses the halacha machloikas v'achar kach stam. Also divergent to the discussion of a a comb, a brush, and how much of it needs to be missing in order for it to still be makabal tumah. What is the halacha about doing erisin, getting engaged within three months of being previously married, married, previous marriageness? We discuss isuri avelus specifically gabe. Arison and is one allowed to is a woman allowed to be married after only having been engaged? Well, we begin. There's a story. Rebavo is walking and he's leaning on the shoulders of Rebbe Nochum, and they were learning. So he asked, "What's the halach of machlokes v'achakach stam?" He says, "We pass them like the stam." What happens if it's a stam and then we have the machlokes? Then we don't pass them like the stam. What happens if we have a stam mishnah and then a machlokes and a brisa? He says, we're going like the Stam. What about a Machloikas and a Mishnah? And then a Stam and a Brisa? He says, look, if Rebbe, who wrote the Mishnah, didn't know how to finalize the Psaq and left with the Machloikas, Rebbe Chia and the Brisa could not have gone beyond Rebbe, and therefore we're not going to pass like the Stam. Ah, he asks, we have an Mishnah. If one has a comb meant for combing Pishton, but the teeth of the comb fall out, and there's only two left. It's still a comb, and it's still tame. But if there's one tooth left, then it's tar. That's not a comb anymore. Now, each individual tooth that was pulled, o- pulled off is still tame. If it's a comb of a wool, that the teeth fell out. If every other tooth fell out, it's tar. It's no longer a comb. If there are three teeth still in the comb somewhere, then it's tame. If these three that are still there are the outer ones, then it's still not useful and it loses its status as a comb and it'll be tar. If there were only two teeth left in this comb, but then you turn it into a tweezers, then it's still tummy, that's still a kli, If there's only one tooth left and then you use it to fix candles or as a clothespin, then it'll be tummy, it's still a kli. The issue is that this is a star Mishnah and we actually paskin like this Mishnah. Mavo answers that this mission is an exception because Rabbi Yechonon and Reish Lakish both said that this is not a valid Mishnah. Why? So now we're going to try to figure out what was, what's the problem with this Mishnah, that they invalidated it. So Funa Bar says in the name of Rabbi Idi Bereiderav Iko. The problem with this Mishnah is that the Reish and the Sefer contradict. We said by the woolen comb that when every other tooth falls out, it's tar, but if they would be two together... It would be tame, and then we learned in the sefer that if you have three, it's tame. But if there's two, that's meduyek that it would be tar. So the diak and the mesh and the sefer are say to each other. The command says, "What's the kasha?" Maybe the ratio is talking about the inner row, and the sefer is talking about the outer row, the one that doesn't comb. It just it's a guarding row that catches the hairs that fall out. But you know, you want to know. Where the steer is. You know why they invalidated this Mishnah? Maybe it's because of this. We said in the beginning, in the ratio, that every single individual tooth that falls out is tummy. But in the Seifah, if there's only one left on the comb, and you use it to clean the candles out or as a clothespin or something like that, then it's tummy. But it's only tummy if you actually designate it for a Kli. In the ratio, even if you didn't designate it for a Kli, it's still tummy. Kasha ratio on the Seifah. By answers, that's not a problem. That's not enough to invalidate the Mishnah. Maybe one is where it remains with the base of the tooth. That's why it's Tomei. 
but without it, it's not. Rav Papa says it's also it's not a kasha. Maybe one's talking about a small tooth, other one's talking about a big tooth. Elamai, you know why they invalidated this Mishnah? Because it's not a Stam Mishnah. That Mishnah actually is only going according to Shita's Rabbi Shimin. Next, Chiyabar Ovin says that you are allowed, a woman is allowed to get engaged within three months of being married. Because being engaged it, it will not confuse any pregnancies. She's not w- together with her husband, with her, with her fiancé. And he says, this is Tako Wedula Maisa. He also brings her, Rebbe Eliezer, says in the name of Rebbe Ha'agodol, most of the first month, most of the third month, and a full middle month, a total of 62 days between the three months. Amemar allowed her to actually get married, uh, to get engaged only on the 90th day. So you don't have to wait past 90 days. Fragdravashi, I, we learned, Rav and Shmuel both hold. They have to wait three full months, not including the day that her husband died and not including the day that she got engaged. 92 days. Gamar answers that is when she is nursing. That's when you have to wait 24 months besides for the day that she gave birth and the day that she becomes engaged. There is more and more machmer for the safety of the child. Ah, uh, we had a story that there was someone who made a Sudas Eresin on the 90th day and Rubba dismantled the party. He said, you guys are not engaged. Threw it all away. Why was he being so makbid? It was, with, it was on the 90th day. I thought that was okay. When it comes to marriage, when it comes when Sudas Eirusin, the Gemara says, yes, Sudas Eirusin you could do on the 90th day, but not a chasana. You can't do Nesuyan on the 90th day. That's why Rava dismantled it. The halacha, the Gemara says, is that one has to wait 24 months besides the day of birth and the day of her engagement when she's nursing. And between marriages, to make sure she's not pregnant, she must wait th- three months not including the day that her husband dies, and not including the day that she becomes, becomes engaged. Next, the Gemara told us that uh, even according to Rabbi Yossi, who allows getting engaged immediately, and Almana will still have to wait a month. She's in Avelis. If Chista says that we have a Kavachaymer, we have Tisha of time, it's also to do laundry, but it's still mutter to be engaged. When it's mutter to do laundry, of course it's mutter for the Almana to get engaged. Why does she have to wait a month? Where does he get this from? It's a Mishnah. The week of Tishabav, it's also to take a haircut, it's also to do laundry. If it's Erev Shabbos, Mpnekovit Shabbos, you're allowed to. And it says over there also that before the week of Tishabav, you have to do less work, no, no business of Simcha, and you're allowed to get engaged. You just can't get married. You don't make a Sudas Averson. It actually says you are allowed to make a small vort. Don't we have a Kaval Chaimer? What's the Chiddush of Rebbeisi here? The Gemara says that Brit Mishnah was telling me not during the nine days right before Shavuot Shachal, but it's talking about already from Rosh Chodesh Av. Rav says, okay, even from Rosh Chodesh Av, you still have a Kaval Chaimer. Back then, it's usher to get married. You're not allowed to do Simcha business. But you are allowed to get engaged. So when you are allowed to even get married, it's Almana. I'm sorry, when, you are, when she is allowed to be doing business, unlike from Rosh Chodesh Av, isn't it a Kavachomia that she's allowed to get engaged? Why does Rabbi say she has to wait a month? Maybe you'll tell me that Rabbi holds. The Rabbi Taka would allow a woman to get engaged. He, he only doesn't allow the Almona to get remarried within that month. Wait, Rabbi doesn't hold of waiting three months? Why would he allow her to get married within a month? 
First answer is tough. Yeah, Rabbi actually doesn't need the, the three months of waiting, and that's why the Amana will be allowed to get married within the first month. Or, alternatively, the Gemara answers that Rabbi does require three months, but we're talking about a case when she, this Amana was not married to her dead husband. He, she was engaged to him. So she's vade, not pregnant, and that's why she's allowed to be married within a month of his death. Wait, isn't that the same as Rabbi Yehuda's case? What's the difference between them? Nafkamina is between Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Yaisi, whether a woman who was married can get engaged within the first three months. Rabbi Yehuda says that that is mutter. Rabbi Yaisi would say that no, if she was engaged, she can get married within the first three months. But if she was married, it's also for her to get engaged until after three months. Tamara asks, does Rabbi Yaisi hold that a woman who was married is also to get engaged within the first three months? The Brisa tells us that Rabbi Yaisi holds all women are allowed to get engaged in those first three months except for the Almana. She has to wait 30 days for Afelos. Everyone else has to wait three months. Kamara says, that's not a kasha. If you're going to tell me that Yossi is telling us that all women are allowed to get engaged during this tukufa, the first three months, it will say the same answer as our Mishnah where we where it said we're talking about a case where she can get engaged, this Almana can get engaged when her engaged husband dies, not her married husband, she wasn't married, she was only engaged. So to here. But you could ask on the Seifa though. See, in the Seifa we said that all women must wait three months before getting married. Well, that's only if they were married. But if they were engaged, everyone would hold. You can get married within three months after that. So Rava answers, maybe Rabiasi holds that all women who were engaged and her husband dies she she divorces or divorces from an engagement. They can all get married immediately, except for an Ammana. Only a Grusha can get remarried right away, and Ammana cannot because of her Avelos. How long is her, her Avelos? 30 days. But if she was married, she should not get engaged for three months after her husband died. The Kamara just asked, wait, wait, if a woman was engaged and then her fiancé dies, she has to do Avelos? Rebchia tells us in a, in a Braisa, that if a woman was engaged, she doesn't have aninos, she's not mechaif to be, become tome for him, but him for her, her for him. He's not yoyrisher, she doesn't collect his ksuba. So why does Rebbe say you need 30 days? There's no availus. We have an abraisa that from Rosh until Tishabav, we have to start, start working less, no simcha working, no simcha business, no planting trees for, for kings, no engagement, no marriage. During the week of Tisha B'Av, it's also to get a haircut, to do laundry. Some people say that that's also the whole month. Rav Ashi asks, how do we know that she was fully engaged? Maybe they just made a sudas erusin. Maybe the Isser is not for her to get engaged within these three months. Maybe the Isser is for her to make a sudas erusin. But the erusin itself should be mutter. The Gemara says, really? It doesn't make too much sense. Why, we would say the same thing by marriage. That she could be married, she just can't make a sudas nisuin. The Gemara says, maybe. But you can't compare the two. Getting married without a suda still has this, the simcha of being married. That's why we wouldn't say Ravashi's Havamina that the Isser is just on the party. Because even without the party, there's still a simcha of being married. Maybe we would allow her to just get engaged because the engagement itself doesn't have simcha without the, the, the sudas erisin. Rav Rashi rather tells us 
Now, Avelos is different when this woman just lost her husband, as opposed to the Avelos of Tishabav, which is a, which is an ancient Avelos. We also can't compare them because a public Avelos can't be compared to an individual's Avelos. Thank you for learning with me. Have a wonderful day.